Montiel gol. Champions Leagues, 10 La Ligas, 7 Copa del Reyes, 3 Club World Cups, 3 European Super Cups, 8 Super Copa de Españas, 1 League 1 Championship, 7 Ballon d'Ors, 1 FIFA World Player, 1 The Best Award, European Golden Shoe Winner, Laris World Sports Award, 7 Pitchy La Ligas, nine MVP La Ligas, six champions top scores, one Bravo Award, one FIFA FIFA Pro, 2014 World Cup Golden Ball, two times Men's Player of the Year, one Golden Boy, MVP Copa America 2021, Bronze Dior, one time Copa America champion, 2005 Under-20 World Cup Champion, one Beijing Olympic Games Gold Medal Champion, one FIFA World Cup Championship, one Finalisma Championship, and today one can say he has finally won the one that has eluded him for all these years, and that is World Cup Champion. Welcome to the final episode of the World Cup Date. I am Boris, and I am joined by the one, the only, the Phil. Hey, how's it going? I guess that guy, uh, that messy guy was slacking, huh? Yeah, I think he was slacking in in all the awards. (laughs) Well, congratulations to him. Congratulations to Argentina. And uh, wow, what, what a tournament and what a game today. Right? Absolutely insanity when it comes down to it. I literally, it took me a while to find everything. Kind of screwed it up as I was going through it, but you get the gist. doesn't matter. Um, it's just, it's absolutely insane. The accolades that this man has gotten. And you know what? I have to, like, like we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I think it's almost safe to say that the debate is over. Considering just how, you know, the role that he played in the actual game itself. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I was, I was happy seeing this tournament for him. I, my fear is when we first discussed this whole tournament and where things could possibly go. And I know that I voted Argentina out early. It's because I figured Messi wasn't going to show up. And Messi more than showed up. So I'm happy to be wrong. I'm happy that he put that team on his back. And I think they're not the most talented team at the World Cup, but they did it. 
And that's a testament to the quality of that guy. And, you know, uh, hats off to them. I, I, I'm exactly. I'm a little bit shocked by it, but I'm extremely happy when we got to the point where we knew it was going to be France and Argentina. And I'm not a France hater. They have an incredibly talented team. And Bappe is has such a bright future and is already a superstar. Yeah. So this isn't me slamming the French, the French supporters or anything, but as a neutral, it's nice to see the world cup go to a team and a country that hasn't really been competing for it at this level right yep. in a while. So exactly. Congratulations to them. I, I can't help but feel the synergy of Canada bless them in 86 with their inclusion <laughs> to the world cup. And then this year they make a repeat appearance and Argentina wins again. If we're not the little keychain hanging off a of Messi's belt, I don't know what country is. <laughs> it's so funny that you said that because I was going to make that comment. So it's, it's hilarious that you said that the last time that Argentina won the world cup was 1986. The last time Canada appeared at a World Cup was 1986. Coincidence? I think not. Phil, we're doing video. This is awesome. Really having fun. Uh, you know what? Let's get let let's just talk about the game first, and then we're gonna talk about the tournament. We're gonna wrap things up with the tournament, and then you know we're gonna have some Boris and Phil time. So let's talk about the game. The game itself, honestly, let's be honest, it was it was 80 minutes of eh, and 40 minutes of probably the most intense football that you will ever see. If it's not the perfect summation of footy, I don't know what is. Like, I've seen so many fans who don't watch soccer who tune, tuned into today's game reacting on social media and saying, if soccer is like this, I need to watch more of it because... <laughs> Right. The last bit was enough to just make people think, what the hell is going on here? Did Disney write this? Is this right. a scripted game? And hey, the funny thing is, it's, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, next week on Disney, messy. It's not just in your pants. But it, it's just, it's just going to be this thing where, I don't know. It was a boring game to start off with. There there wasn't a lot going on. And then you get Mbappe with that brace and just the energy expended by both teams. And I do feel yeah. for France because apparently there was sickness going through the locker room. That's never apparently. Good. It's, uh, you know what I love? As soon as this game, we knew who was going to play. So <laughs> what? We had the games Tuesday and Wednesday. By Wednesday night, you already you were already seeing reports that there was a sickness, a flu, a cold, something going through the French camp. Yeah. As soon as I saw them, I'm like, all right, here we go. Their excuses are starting. And yep. honestly, the way that the first 80 minutes went, you they were they were missing something. They were missing yeah, oh. something. But then when they Mbappe got the brace, holy shit, they woke up. But the, like but during that first 80 minutes, honestly, this match could have ended up Six, seven, eight, nothing. Yeah. I honestly think that at the end of the day, we were going to get the highest scoring World Cup game regardless. But I didn't think we would get it the way that we ended up getting it. Yeah, it, it, it 
like look france not getting a shot on goal in the first half come on man like this they didn't even make it in the first half they didn't even make it to the final 20 yeah it's 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 unbelievable as far as that goes yep. like but that's been this team in a nutshell too right they're jekyll and hyde they they've yep. had those moments where earlier in the tournament they looked absent and then mbappe just comes out of nowhere and creates pure magic as he can do he's not just a guy in fifa 23 no. he he really is a talented guy and and i i just love getting the world cup lovers because let's face it right there is a brand of of soccer fan that only pays attention to the world cup of course these big types of things and and that's fine I'm, I'm happy that they enjoy the sport and that they're making the most out of it but it's interesting to see you know really when when they watch it and then they start to understand that mbappe and messi are teammates <laughs> you yep. know what i mean on psg it's incredible not only to me are they that, teammates yeah not only are they teammates but psg is sponsored by qatar airs so I love the the conspiracy theories that are already running rampant as soon as this game was uh was official. Yep. It, it's everything and everywhere, everything all at once. <laughs> but what I'm not gonna do? get into conspiracy theory. No, 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 no. I, I just no, 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 my headphones no, 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 on backwards. <sighs> I was gonna say nice new headphones there, buddy. Alcantara. Mm, it's not just for your car <laughs> <right>. anymore. <laughs> First 22 minutes, nothing was really going on. It was all Argentina. They were really controlling a lot of the game until the 22nd minute. There was a penalty. Dembele brings down Di Maria in the box as he comes in from the left side. And Argentina wins the penalty. So this was probably one of the weaker penalties. I'm mm -hmm. surprised that VAR wasn't checked. Well, what are you going to do, right? This referee seemed to be on, as we've seen in these... Uh knockout stages they seem to have a little bit of an agenda and that yes. agenda doesn't include var i think because everybody complains so much at the beginning about var and it's that's inconsistent exactly usage it. right that's exactly it i think that and this is the thing phil at the end of the day i think the referee has the final say whether he uses var or not and i think a lot of referees said f you to var for one reason or another and we saw this throughout the knockout stage um and on right and, and and i think that that was reflected because at no point today did they actually go to var and they easily could have gone to var a few like there were there were a few times that they easily could have gone to var yeah and to be honest i really do like the mls var system where the var person can actually insist that it be reviewed yep. and i'm not sure if that's in the fifa law right now i but it is something that we do in the mls and i i'm a big fan of that because it just means that the, the referee doesn't have to change their mind it just means they want the referee to understand they think that there was a mistake made now maybe the referee can say hey well i don't really think there was a mistake made I felt that this was simulation or whatever. This is how I'm deciding it. This is what I'm doing. And capiche, right? And then the league takes care of it, right? Then yep. they go, hey, guess what? You screwed up. 
you're not on the docket for the next series of games and you're going to have to go for this retraining. And I think FIFA would benefit from that, especially when they try to draw from so many different areas of the world for the referees. Yep. But hey, agreed. Just my opinion. Yep. 22nd minute penalty. Messi is the one who takes it. He converts the penalty into a goal. Argentina are now up one to nothing. What a what a start in the first 20 minutes. At this point, we're like, okay, Messi got his goal. At this point, Messi had six goals, four penalty shot goals. Yeah. It's and you know, he's leading the race. He's the yep. golden boot is in his hand. At this point. At, at this point. point. All right. 36 minute. Di Maria beats uh Loris from the left side to give Argentina a two to nil lead. Di Maria had a hell of a game. And what's interesting, though, is that as soon as Di Maria gets taken off, Mbappe gets his brace. Yeah. Kind of coincidence. Hmm. Right? <laughs> that, that's, that's a conversation that we can have, right? Like, there's so many debates that we can have out of this game. But by this point, it was 2-0 Argentina. And there was no stop in Argentina. Honestly, it looked like they were going to get three, four, five, six. Um, but that was it. Mbappe, where was he after the first half? He had only 11 touches, the fewest of any outfield player that started the game after the first half. How crazy of a stat is that? Yeah, he, he's disappeared at times in this tournament. He really has. And that's not to take anything away. He's accomplished a lot. But yep. I've been disappointed more than once thinking that he's going to put the game on his shoulders. And only to see him kind of not do much and then have these moments of brilliance. They come out of nowhere. Exactly. So, all right. So, after the first half, it was 59.3% possession for Argentina to France's 40.7. Like we mentioned, zero shots on target for France. Uh, They didn't even make it to the final 20. Uh, Three shots on target for Argentina. They had three offsides. Things were not looking good for France at this point. That's for damn sure. Yeah, France were struggling. <laughs> there ever was a tale of two of two teams. This was it. This was yep. You know, David versus Goliath, and Goliath. It, it really felt like it was. that. Like it, <laughs> dude. Honestly, it like the France was playing. Honestly, not to downplay the way that this team played, but France at this point was looking like a candidate. Like they just looked lost at this point. Like they just did like, and by that I meant they didn't look like that upper echelon team that they yeah. needed to be at this point. They weren't connecting. They weren't firing on all cylinders, but that's, you know, we've all seen it. We've all seen it in both domestic leagues and uh, international games where teams just don't have that joie de vivre. Yep. How French is that? Exactly. All right. Le Bleu at the 79th minute got a penalty when Otamendi brought down Colomwani inside the box. And France was finally awarded their first penalty. Mbappe took it and he converted it for a goal to make it 2-1 Argentina. Now, 97 seconds later, Mbappe with a beautiful, beautiful goal as he just lifted the roof off of the stadium to make it two to two at this point it 
was on. Yep. Uh, as my dad told me, he went to the washroom, he came back, and he couldn't believe that France had tied the game in that time. <laughs> he was like, I just went into the washroom, I come out. The, the game was won by Argentina. He's just like ready to put on a sombrero and have a dance. And he's like, oh, yeah. no. That's 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 honestly how it felt, right? Like it was crazy. All right, let's jump to the hundred and eighth minute. And I just love like uh, TSN, TSN and their (laughs) hockey coverage. You you know exactly where I'm going with this, right? I I think people, (laughs) people in their comments, people in their comments. So football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, call it whatever you want. They do not have the 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 golden gold rule anymore they play the entire halves to give both sides um a chance and yeah you know it, it that I, we can debate this all you want but it's no golden goal rule anymore so in yeah. the 108th minute messi puts argentina back on the brink of winning their third world cup after a superb counters launch the ball found uh, Lutara on the right side who looks to go near post. The striker tries his luck but is blocked by Loris. The French goalkeeper, though, is unable to hold onto the ball, though, as he rebounds. As the rebound finds Messi, who is able to get behind it to thrust the ball into the goal with the uh, mm-hmm. ball just passing the line before it was taken out by Upamakano. So it was one of those things where as the play was happening. It's like that was a goal, right? And there was like this weird, like, well, stoppage in the entire stadium, the broadcast, and everyone is like, "That was a goal, right? Is this another Spain Korea incident? Like, what's going on right now?" It it was suspect of being offside. The flag mm-hmm. was up, right, and that's yes. what was throwing everybody. And the referee came and pointed at the goal. Like, that was a goal. Like, he's like, go to the center. Go to the center and put the ball down. We're going to start play. And, uh, you know, that's a goal. And then the replays start. And then all of a sudden, the reactions are like, oh. And they use that really great technology to see which body part is protruding over the offside line right like which which technicality is happening here what what are we looking for and it was all ghost <laughs> i'm just like yeah. that's a goal like oh my yeah, it god was crazy it was it was literally an ass cheek of the france defender yes. that was just further just further out than anything from the argentinian strikers <laughs> an ass cheek Away from a from from an offside. <laughs> it's incredible, right? I'm like watching it all, going, I I, I don't believe it. Is, is it a goal? Is it not? And then the speed at which it came out of the goal, because that dude was like three inches back of the line, right, <laughs> with the clearance. Yep. And I'm like, holy shit! Like that is the weirdest, but most satisfying thing ever. On so many bizarre levels, that was sport. That was why we watched sport. One of the few times that three inches is satisfying. Yep, that's what she said. (laughs) 
117th minute, the referee points to the spot uh, for Montiel's handball to Mbappe's shot from outside of the box. Mbappe takes it to get his hat trick to tie it up in the 118th minute. 118 out of 120 minutes. What insanity. We're not giving this game the justice it deserves because by this point, in throughout the extra time, throughout the the like all of this, it was literally back and forth. The two teams were just dueling back and forth, yeah. shot for shot almost. The saves that we were seeing at this point by both goalkeepers, the defenders, dude, the strikers were getting in on defending. This is honestly some of the craziest 30 minutes that I've ever seen of football. I've, yeah, it, the intensity level was dialed to 11. Everybody was all in on everything. And that's what made that's what resonated with people, I believe. That's really what got people who maybe don't watch the sport all that often to sit there and go, holy crap. Like this, this is true competition. There's no mistaking it. No mistaking it. Like these guys are pouring their heart and soul into every motion and every defensive gesture and every attempt at getting that ball into the back of the net and stopping it. So Mm -hmm. it's a joy to watch. Like when it's a beautiful game, it is the most beautiful game. And we got treated to that. I know that there's going to be a lot of people that complain about the fact that the game got decided on penalties, but of course that's the sport I'm, I've been on both sides of that feeling as a TFC supporter, as a Canada supporter, and as a fan of football over the years. And you live by the sword, you die by the sword. It feels mm-hmm. the best in the world when you're when you come out the victor. It feels the worst in the world when you lose. And watching it all is unbearable. <laughs> 2016. We were at BMO Field watching TFC lose by penalty kicks in the MLS Cup. Yep. By a we team did. that basically didn't deserve to win it. They played, they parked a bus for 120 minutes in order to take it to penalties. Yep. And right? Yeah. It's, it's, you see, and that's when football's at its worst. Yeah. Because there wasn't, if it's a back and forth game, if it was, Two, two, or three, three, or whatever, and then it goes to penalties. You can sit there and console yourself with the fact that both teams went for it. One of them had to win. Somebody did. Wish it was us. But when a team comes in and parks a bus the way that you know Seattle did, especially at a home match, it it's not fun. It's, it's mm-hmm. not good for them either. Like it, it's Agreed. not good for the sport. So it made the next year that much more satisfying. But exactly. <laughs> yep. Disappointing. We got one of the gold scores back on our team. Anyways, Damian Martinez saves the day for Argentina. Damian Martinez just, uh, just punching air as he was saving the shots from France. Amazing. <laughs> just amazing performance. Yet again, this is uh, Argentina's second time that they had to go to penalty kicks. First time was against the Netherlands earlier in the tournament. Um, and, 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 and of all people to win. It was the person who caused the penalty shot earlier for Mbappe. That's Montiel scored. Argentina wins. 
Argentina became the champions of the world. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. I, whatever. I wasn't rooting for Argentina, but like I say, from a neutral point of view, that was a great result. As bad as this is going to sound, as bad as this is going to sound, I should say, I don't know what the hell I said earlier. Um, I wasn't cheering for Argentina. I've never been an Argentina fan. Never. Up Fair. until this morning. And, 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 and what's sad, and I'll admit it here right now, is the only reason I wanted Argentina to win was so that Ronaldo can cry some more at home. Hey, it's, it's, it's a warm, fuzzy feeling inside whenever Cristiano is crying. But I'm just going to say the reason, like I'm obviously not an Argentina fan either. But I am a Messi fan. I always have had a, a healthy amount of respect for that guy because he's not the biggest guy. Goodness knows he's had his struggles. He's remained very committed to Barcelona. Didn't even want to get the transfer to PSG, but did it anyway. Um, I think through and through, there's a quality person there who is a family man who doesn't have this circus sideshow that CR seven has going on with him. And I think that that's what appeals to me. Hey, look, if you're a Cristiano Ronaldo fan, go nuts, man. He's a great player too. I'm not trying to tear him down, but I just don't think that the two of them, like we talked earlier in this podcast about the legacy of Christian Ronaldo and the pettiness that he's expressing with his club situation with his World Cup situation, with everything, he's just me, 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 me. It's not a good luck for a millionaire. It's not for a player who's trying to convince everybody that he's the greatest of all time. Whereas you do what you do, what you do, what Messi does in this case. Pull your socks up, try your best. You're not, you may not get it, but at least have some freaking dig- dignity in how you play and what you say. And that's the way it looked to me. And that's the way that Argentina fans reacted. That's what they reacted to. And I'm just like, you know, that's great. Like, like, let's just face it. Like I, I enjoyed this world cup a lot more than I thought I would, but there's all kinds of controversy still about this club or this world cup, right? Like, there's all there's a lot of oppression going on. There's a lot of stuff going on with the journalists, all that stuff. You know, we don't need to get into it. But I think history is going to look poorly on some aspects of this. And we should be working to make sure that World Cups are going to countries and displaying the sport a proper way to every type of fan. Yep. Right. And I, 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 I think I had my biggest boo watching the award ceremony and seeing that FIFA president and just like, Oh my God, like how can that guy walking out with the shakes and everything like that? Like how, like it's almost like I wanted people to be handing him the Brown envelopes right there on the field, just to show how bloody corrupt him and Sepp Blather are in this whole debacle. But the fact that anyhow. like, even on before the weekend, he was saying, Oh, this has been the best World Cup ever, best ever, best ever. Let's ignore everything that's happened. And then and that's the thing that gets to me is the fact that like there's so much debate still happening. And and look, 
I, I've, I've seen a lot of comments in this direction of I had zero intentions of watching this World Cup, but as soon as that first whistle went, I got hooked into the sport. And honestly, that's how yeah. I felt. We talked about this on the show. That's why we're going to be making a donation to a charity uh, very soon. We'll talk about that uh, offline and we'll let everyone know exactly what's going down there. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things that like there's there's still a lot of the healthy debate that needs to happen. Um, and it, what gets to me is that a lot of people were touting this, you know, the greatest World Cup final ever, the greatest soccer game ever, the greatest football game ever, yada, 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 yada. What bothers me the most is the fact that this happened in Qatar. Yeah, I know. And that, that's the, that left a bad taste in my mouth, too. And I know that once a lot of these reporters and whatnot and journalists get out of Qatar, the real story is going to emerge. Yeah. Yep. Right. And and for now, everybody's playing well in the sandbox, as you must. And and I do believe that it was a it, the presentation of the event was great. Yes. And it looks like the accessibility and proximity of the stadiums and whatnot was great for the fans. It, the attendance looked a little off mm. in a lot of games, but that happens no matter what. And, you know, I can remember feeling the same way when people were playing games in the middle of a rainforest in Brazil. So it's, exactly. you know, like it, it, it has happened and it's a game of money and sponsors and, um, and eyeballs. And that's really what it comes down to. As long as there's a billion people watching this game on TV, they can have three quarters full stadium and it won't really matter to them. But I hope that, FIFA learns a lesson and really does good by the fan base in, in the sense that they clean up their act and start doing right by, you know, not going into these oppressive countries and these oppressive regimes to hold events. There's, you know, no reason why it should go to Russia ever again while all this debacle is going on with the Ukraine. It shouldn't be going to these places, you know, end of. But I am very glad for Morocco and its fans and its proximity to Qatar and being able to send the plane loads of people to watch the games and whatnot and make it feel like a home atmosphere for them. And congratulations to everybody who made the trip and went and had a good time. And it exactly. certainly looked like Argentina was well attended and France and everything like that. So good on them as far as that goes for taking the chance because yeah, I don't think that that would be comfortable. <laughs> yep, agreed. What a World Cup it was, honestly. Like, you know, we, we have friends that have gone there. And, 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 and you know, they, they all said, oh, it was fine. Everything was fine, blah, 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 blah. And if, uh, I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt that things were fine. But, like, let's be honest. Was Qatar going to, like, bring out the, the Gestapo and, and, and start, like, you know, doing what they do in the middle of this media frenzy, right? Yeah, well, the minute the cameras are on, obviously tone is going to change. Yeah. And that's that's to be expected and to Qatari uh citizenship and 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 people and whatnot, I'm sure that they endured a lot of what they deem as inappropriate stuff too from the fan yeah. bases and good on them for for you know, doing that. Like we haven't yeah. seen headlines, the nightmarish headlines 
that we were concerned about. So congratulations to them because that takes a lot of discipline, I would imagine, to endure what they did with their strict societal guidelines. And I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is rather oppressive by North American standards. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. All right. Let's talk about um, let's talk about something I wanted to. And this is one of the many reasons why we haven't really done a show in a while. And that's, you know, the the, the ti- untimely passing of Grant Wall. Yeah. We've worked with him. We know him yeah. personally. We've done stuff with him. We've kept in touch with him. It's so weird to think that we're not going to get another Grant Wall story, that we're not going to have a chat with him, that we're not going to collaborate on some scheme to to expose the MLS for how the MLS really is, right? It's crazy yeah. to think that, 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 that that's not going to happen anymore. Um, you know, this is someone who has lifted the game single-handedly more than anyone can imagine this is a person who's championed mls and soccer in general right this is a person who has wanted soccer to come clean so to speak and he he, this is a paris a person who has tried to bring integrity back to the game that essentially has lost integrity over the past two world cups yep he was a powerhouse and i gotta say the wind went out of my sails waking up to that news yep. last week. And, you know, you and I talked about it and um, it was upsetting. I shed quite a few tears uh, over his passing and the sport is going to miss him. Uh, North American particular is going to miss him because yep. he was respected and a, like you say, a true powerhouse in elevating awareness of the sport in the states these are all very difficult tasks and i would have loved to see him cover his ninth world cup and have it at home for him yeah um that's that that's the part that like that really kicked, like kicked my balls after the fact is thinking that this guy's worked so hard since 94 essentially just bringing up this game that was soccer, right? That that no one cared yep. about. And the time now when soccer can bloom in the States, in Canada, in Mexico, in time for 2026, he's just not around. Um, one of the things that I that that, that I mentioned on, on another podcast is that everyone has a Grant Wall story. Right? Yep. Everyone's got one. Yeah. Um, I'll tell mine because it's it's funny and and it happened uh back in 2010 during the MLS Cup here in Toronto. And that weekend was just so crazy for for Frill and I. Um, It was just like one of the busiest weekends ever. Like, I honestly think throughout from the Friday to the Monday, I maybe got three hours of sleep throughout the entire weekend. Um, And at that time, you know, the Red Patch Boys were were getting, we were big, but we, we were still experimenting with a lot of stuff. And we were still experimenting with this little known social media app known as Twitter. Yep, that was the early days. The early days of Twitter, back in 2010. Um, it was a very established social media hub, but people didn't know exactly how to use it. Um, you know, So at that time, the Red Patch Boys, I was the president, Phil was the vice president, um, and you know, I said, fuck it. We're going to have fun 
this weekend on social media because, you know, one of the things is I always felt that the Red Patch Boys, they were too formal. It became too much of a corporation, too much of a business. And yeah, I under, I look, you know, you know my mentality, right? Like yep. there are times when it needs to be run like a business, but not all the time, especially when we are hosting the biggest party in the States and Canada for soccer, right? So I literally took the keys to the social media and I handed it off to one of our good friends, uh, Fonzo <laughs> Martin. Yes, Martin. <laughs> you know exactly where I'm going with this story, right? And I, 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 I can barely remember it. There was so much crammed into that weekend. Oh, exactly. And I told him, dude, have fun. Do what you got to do. Just tweet and have fun. We were, we had fun. All right. We had fun to say the least and all of our adventures and Phil and I, and, and a couple other people we were going to like, literally it was party after party, after party, after party, um, meeting after meeting. It was just, it was back and to back to back stuff. So yeah, this fun. happened on the Saturday night after, um, the meeting with the MLS office after Phil and I, uh, were at the were, crown were plaza. Told, yep, exactly. <laughs> Uh, we were essentially told to shut up because we were questioning the MLS too much. Um, one day we'll talk about the details. Uh, but, you know, we were literally ignored for, for about 25% of the meeting or half the half 50% of the meeting. Um, the carrot and, it was and after the, the stick. The <laughs> yeah, stick and, the and stick. carrot. Sticks and carrots. After the meeting, <laughs> we go to the main hall of this hotel and... All the reporters are there and everyone's having a drink. Everyone's kind of getting ready to do their own thing. Cause on the Saturday night, there were a couple parties, but you, you essentially got to do your own thing. So before we headed back to our home pub, we had a couple drinks at this hotel. Grant wall walks up to me and we had like talked the night before at a couple previous parties. And he just goes up to me. And he's like, you guys have the best social media account right now. I'm living vicariously through you guys. And then he's like, you guys were eating sandwiches at like four in the morning. Where was this place? I got to go check this out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. And and I remember as well, you not only gave the keys to the social media to Fonzo, you gave it to all of us. Yep. And we were all just using these little cosigns and whatnot. And like blasting out everything so when we got shut down in that mls meeting and we were sitting with the columbus crew supporters and they got shut down by proximity to us yeah <laughs> because they were jumping in and going these guys are right and they hate us right and they're like yeah this is kind of fun like <laughs> i want to question that hands up and we just all were just sitting there like okay we're being ignored now let's pick up the phone and start <laughs> tweeting shit now <laughs> we were literally tweeting out stuff of a closed door meeting right the fact that there are closed door meetings with supporters always sat bad and and it was always it was always hey, a sour we were not under an nda we were not under an nda exactly and that's literally and what I... I told the mls we yeah. didn't sign an, an nda it's bullshit that we, we have closed door meetings where you try to buy a certain subsection of supporters so you know what I'm going to air out the dirty laundry. And that's exactly what we did. Grant Wall loved that because 
Yeah. He he caught on to what was happening. Um, but not only did he like our overnight shenanigans, but he then him and I started talking about what was going on in this meeting. And yeah, a lot of stuff happened. And it's like, yeah, it was such a fun, <laughs> fun weekend. And that's my Grant Wall story. Like we we collaborated yeah, on that was... articles and he interviewed me on a lot of stuff. Uh, but just that social aspect of with Grant Wall was just something that I will never forget in my life. Yep. And I was fixated at the time when Grant's sitting there talking to us on, oh, check out these uh, napkins. They're embossed <laughs> with the logo. <laughs> yeah. Because that was a crazy night because not only did we have that meeting and then we had the post and then we had the post post. Mm-hmm. Not only did all that happen, but we had been in a hotel room before the meeting to be informed about the whole rebrand of KC yep. from the KC crew that was there. Yep. And that was when we initiated, started initiating the talks to coordinate changing the, the supporter shield. Yep. All that just that... was just like, Oh, we're meeting people from KC. We heard about you. You guys created the supporter shield. We want to have a chat. We want you to connect with our people. We want to start, you know, drawing, drawing together uh, some conversations. Because yep. on top of all that, we were having meetings on the Saturday during the day about forming the ISC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was happening at that time. Was it that time or did, did that happen? No, during? it was that is that afternoon yeah. where yeah, we exactly. had the first official independent supporters console meeting at Chulis Joe's way before everything uh, with the MLS happened. So we, yep. as a supporters group, met before we went to these closed door meetings with the MLS. And we, yep. we, we initially started and we proposed the Independent Supporters Council. L- hours later, we proposed the new supporter shield. Yeah. And, and it got, it got weird though, too, because we also had the, the one year with the, um, with the uh, uh, all-star game too. Mm-hmm. And we had the supporters week there for all that. So I can't remember. There's so much stuff that melts between it all. But regardless, there was a lot of stuff going on. And yeah, that was a great, great deal of fun being in that meeting and getting lectured by that vice president of the MLS about the carrot and the stick and opportunities with Glidden paints and all this crap. Yep. Being given and this info and not having any NDA on it. Yep. <laughs> And, and over the years, I got funneled so many documents. Stupid. Oh, how stupid they think supporters are, right? Like, is why wouldn't they make you sign an NDA, right? For number one, I yeah. wouldn't have signed it. Yeah, I would I never have either. signed such a document uh, because I think that all of these meetings need to be out in the open. Because literally, one day there's gonna there's gonna be something where we're gonna talk about what actually happened during these because people people would just be. <clears throat> up in arms seeing well, what the MLS does behind closed doors. Let's let's face it though too. Like we have accountability to our members. And oftentimes membership goes one of two ways. They either want to know every gory detail of what happened or they take the route of the ostrich in the head in the sand, right? They just go yep. I don't really care. I'm glad you guys deal with that. I just want my game day experience. Thanks so much go do your thing and then you have other people 
who just want to know every single minute detail and what was said and how it was said and all this kind of stuff. And you do have to have a little bit of discretion. I've learned that. Mm -hmm. But at the same rate, you always have to tell the truth. You can't not tell the truth. And the things that I've learned over the years is that as much as I told the truth, I saw other people try to get in on these meetings and then mm -hmm. those people use the most devious routes possible not to tell anything. And That's they were the exactly... ones that demanded the transparency. Yeah. So I'm For just me, like, wow. Who... The double I was, was very incredible. open. I was too truthful, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's that's the that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is how truthful I was for that very reason. Um, but it, and it was the people demanding the truth who I invited to these meetings sometimes who said, "Yeah, why are we why 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 are we, why are we telling everyone everything?" Yeah, it it it's it's an incredible incredible ride. That's all I can yeah, say it was about something. it. Is you know what we what. Uh, both of us endured in our time uh whew. it's um it's a lot to ask of volunteers and my hat's off to anybody in the supporters culture that's in it for the right reasons as most of the ISE is and whatnot and um trying to grow the game in a difficult market and we just we're just about to get a huge shot in the arm with the with the world cup and where we're heading as fans yep. as a sport um and as as being accepted in north american journalism as an actual respected sport yep and you know like you say like uh, uh, i i i'll say as well is it's just a true tragic loss about the passing of Grant Wall, and he's he's going to be very missed. Yep, especially especially like he's going to be missed regardless. But the next four years just won't be the same without him. Um, so so let's before we go, let's talk about two things, and they're kind of together as one. Number one, Canada's a group, group of death. Hindsight yeah. is twenty twenty. <laughs> it's incredible. Who would have thought? You know, it, it it sounded like something that Canada would. Canadian supporters would say just to make themselves feel good about their draw and the discrepancy of FIFA and all this kind of stuff. But it actually was true. It, 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 there was that moment sitting down on Saturday morning watching Croatia and Morocco going, man, we scored against both of those teams. <laughs> nope. That's it's crazy. It's absolutely that crazy. Would happen. All right. Before we go, Phil. What is next for Canada? Let's talk about the next four years. Oh, if the rumors are true, Copa America hmm? on American soil, true competition against the World Cup, you know, against World Cup winning teams. Yep. Um, Including that the reigning, defending 2022 yep. World Cup champions, Argentina, who just so happened to also be the reigning defending Copa America champions. Yeah. And I think you're going to see big things out of Brazil and Uruguay and all the powerhouses out of South America. And I think that that's a really exciting opportunity, not only for Canada, for the U S for Mexico, if this materializes to be, I don't know if it's confirmed or not, but let's just keep on working for it. Um, I think gold cup 
is going to be very interesting. I think the the biggest thing that we have to do as a country is sort out exactly where we stand with John Herdman mm-hmm. and what the plan is. And I think there needs mm-hmm. to be similar to changes in the hockey association that's going on right now for Canada. I think there needs to be some changes in the CSA for greater transparency, because I just feel that there's something rotten in that office. Yep. And I don't know if it's Earl Cochran's bathroom habits or what, but there's something not going right in there. And I think that one soccer needs to be, you know, accepted as a legitimate sports enterprise by Rogers and Bell. And I think the CSA needs to be working harder for that. I think the CPL needs to have better funding and better. And, you know, the CSA needs to be more transparent with their funding and how they're spending money. Like, I don't like hearing about executives taking business class and players taking economy to get to venues. I don't like this, this issue with the players and the pay discrepancies. I don't like the issues with the women's team and the disrespect that they seem to get uh, of not being able to sit at the big table, Hmm. even though, you know, sport wise, we're sitting at the, you know, the minor table. And I think that, you know, if you want to be sitting at the big table with the hockey, the baseball, the basketball of North America, the football of North America, then you need to have better transparency about how this league is being run, how this this organization is being run, and maybe invest in something that's not going to be for 2026, but do something like Mor- what Morocco did, a center of excellence that actually encourages Patreon, like uh, uh, encourages people honor and be excited for Canada and learn skills and coordinate between all these different levels of soccer knowledge in Canada. It's ambitious. Oh, it's very ambitious, but you know what? I think all of these are very attainable goals. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to the CSA and we need to absolutely uproot the CSA because on Thursday, July 20th, 2023, in Australia and New Zealand, the women are back at it, representing Canada. Let's get behind all them. And you know what, Phil? I think this is a perfect way to announce that, you know, we've done a lot of work with TFC. We've done a lot of work with the CSA, against the CSA, and against TFC. Yeah. And we've taken quite a break, you and I. Like, we essentially retired. We stepped back from this from this weird world that is American soccer. Yeah, and um, I think it's time for us to kind of come back into it. I think, uh, a, a, but in a new way, you know, we're we're, yep. we're both former executives of the Red Patch Boys, and we're going to allow the Red Patch Boys and the Voyagers to do their thing. But I think you and I, using these microphones, are gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have our say. We're gonna we're gonna do what we do best, and that is talk to the right people. Focus on the game. Talk about the game here in Canada, specifically Canada and the North and North America in general. Uh, as the women's professional league starts here in Canada, as the women's World Cup gets kicked off, as the men's program leads into 2026 and whatever that looks like. That's why I'm pleased to announce that you and I 
are going to be continuing these podcasts in winter 20, 2023. So around February-ish, we're going to try to align this with the MLS schedule. But we're back. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be we're going to be taking the CSA, the MLS, everyone else to task. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a exciting proposition that you've brought to the table and I'm excited to, um, to, you know, open up my phone and contacts and whatnot and see who we can talk to. Goodness knows a lot of the people that we have, you know, earned the friendships of over the years are now in pretty significant positions in Canadian yep. soccer. There's and... one person who you talk to because she does not like me for uh, one specific incident <laughs> yes that is true but uh it's not she, that she doesn't she, like me but you know well there there's some there's some water under that bridge for you too but uh yes Bria bria is a very trusted friend of mine and uh happy to see her in charge of the women's program over with the csa um very very uh um uh, good um talent acquisition person and um very strategic minded so i think that that bodes well for canada soccer and very competent at her job as the true success story at mls and e over the years so you know we we've we've got our contacts that we might be able to rouse up and and have uh some discussions with or bring some light into situations um and yeah, and just have some fun with this because this yeah. has been fun, right? Like it's been a lot of fun. It's a it's comfort a lot zone of... for us. It really right? is. It really is. Like you used to spend more than forty hours a week on this stuff. Uh, yeah. So I will happily spend a couple hours every week to not only chat footy, but like I said, bring some accountability into the game here in North America. We're going to continue the work that Grant Walt started. We're going to continue the work that many people before us started. We're going to do this. We're going to do this right, Phil. We're going to use these microphones and we're going to get accountability here in Canada and MLS. Yeah. And we're going to bring back the It's Canon podcast, too. Yep. So exactly. That, that, that's a thing. Get, yeah. That's a that's a thing that might be crossing over in terms of the, the fan base or the, the people out there with the ears and the listening. But we're, we're going to get back into uh, even if it's just Boris and I for a while. We're going to get back onto it and start delivering our geeky content. Yeah, for, uh, I'm looking forward therapy. to that. Yeah, really looking well. forward to that. All right, let's wrap this up in one or two sentences. This World Cup was air conditioned uh, sta- uh, uh, stadiums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This World oh. Cup was for me. A miracle that we got through it without any major incidents. And I'm upset at the fact that Qatar got such amazing games. Just because of all the politics. Not not the politics, but just the circumstances of them getting the World Cup. And everything around it. Yeah, I think um, for me, Alcantara, baby. There we go. There we go. That is it. That's a wrap on the World Cup date. We'll be back winter, February 2023, as we chat all things MLS, CSA, North America, and beyond. And I'm really looking forward to that. He's Phil. 
I'm Boris, and until next time, stay tranquilo. To my town, to my town.